Monday, November 20th, and we're already in mid-show form. Welcome to the Damon Brew Show. After a rousing Brock Purdy, Brandon IU connection that brought the 49ers into the win column 27-14 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we have a bit to get into here today before we take a look around at some of the other things that are going on. But man, man, oh man, I know an awful lot of you already joined Larry Kruger and I for 49ers Wake Up, the biggest day after 49ers show in the market, bar none. When you have a larger audience than both sports talk radio stations combined, both sports talk radio stations should be shitting their pants. 100%. The revolution is here. Thank you very much for being here yourself. There are 200 more of you subscribing than there were at the beginning of the post-game show yesterday. Yesterday, at the beginning of the post-game show, we were sitting at 9,200 subscribers. Today, we are at 9,407, which means keep hitting that subscribe button, keep hitting that like button, and thank you so much. What an interesting week it is about to be, a week where we'll all be gobbling Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday. We will be having 49ers and Seahawks for dessert. And man, oh man, after that comes the big entree. We all know that 49ers and Eagles is out there, but first a division rival before you get there, and then a division rival after you've left Philadelphia. So a huge three weeks of football coming up. This was a big four weeks of football with a handle your business game, certainly in front of the 49ers. Uh, that's what Tampa Bay was representing. That's a, that's a decent football team, a team that you should beat at home. Handle your business. Niners handled their business. Absolutely handled that business. Um, again, so many familiar names and faces. Thank you so much. What an awesome group of people saying good morning, hello, happy Thanksgiving. This is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, Brock Purdy, I know why some people can't stand him. Because Brock Purdy is the destroyer of hot takes. If you're in the hot take business, if you're in the I'm looking for attention more than I'm looking to make an actual point based in reality, Brock Purdy has stepped on your talking points, your show, and all of your plans to be rich and famous probably more than any other athlete out there. Okay, Brock Purdy is a truth and he is exposing liars and bullshit artists every single time you look up. He really is. He is destroying the importance that NFL draft gurus want to shine all over themselves. Listen to me. I know where all the value is, is in the draft. Listen to me. Watch me. Pay attention to me. Nobody, and this includes just about every NFL GM, saw Brock Purdy coming. The way that he is playing in this league right now, it isn't good, it's not great, it's transcendent. Brock Purdy is having a transcendent season, putting numbers in places that no other quarterback has ever done before. This is not an exaggeration, this is not an overstatement of fact, it's truth, it's data points of truth. Again, if Brock Purdy can't hit the fictitious hypothetical scenario that you think he needs to clear, all right, he keeps on winning in the NFL. Last time I checked, it's all that really mattered. Not training camp, football games. 
Football games that count and matter. That's all that counts and matters. And Brock Purdy in the games that counts and matters is playing a better brand of football than just about any other person at his position in this league right now. Through Sunday's game, through Sunday's games, he's first in the NFL and QBR. He's first in passer rating. He's first in yards per attempt. He's third in completion percentage. He's tied for fifth now in touchdown passes. He is sixth in passing yards per game. So when someone is in the top six of every single important category that you could put in front of a quarterback, tell me what he isn't. Like, I dare you. And there are still some people taking that dare. And in taking that dare, you lose credibility. It's like when Clarissa Thompson just decided, oh, I'm going to just make shit up here. You're going to lose credibility. If you can't identify that Brock Purdy is excelling, whether it be just in the vacuum of this offense, this season or whatever, it doesn't matter. You can only be where you are. You can only play for the team you're on. You can only play with the teammates that are around you. Well, if Patrick Mahomes were in Carolina, Carolina would be in the Super Bowl? No. No, they wouldn't. The same rules that Purdy has applied to them, to him by hot take artists, don't apply to other, you know, quarterbacks that have checked what? Either physical boxes or whatever or you know, like, well, Brock's never won a Super Bowl. He's also never been to a Super Bowl. So, you know, it's a silly thing to hold against him. It's like me saying, you know, both my kids, they hate whiskey. Well, they're four and two years old. They've never tried whiskey. So we don't know that. They might, they might take to it like water. Who knows? You know, we'll find out in a few years. But until then, don't tell me that they do or don't like it or they can or can't drink it because we haven't even tried it yet. Well, Brock Purdy can't win the big game. Well, you can't win a game when you're, you know, you got your arm in a sling. And oh, by the way, the playoff games to get to that big playoff game that the 49ers lost because he got knocked out of it, uh, he won those games. Weren't those playoff games too in front of the NFC title game, big games? I, I think they are. I think every playoff game's a big game. As a matter of fact, I insist upon it. So again, Brock Purdy is the destroyer of hot takes. He's rough on these bitches. He really is. They don't know what to do. They don't know what they're looking at. I would argue that they didn't know what they were looking at with just about everything that they look at. They're just in the hot take business. He's a wrench in the hot take business. And you want to know what the hot take business is? It's lazy. It's lazy. You know, can you come up with an inflammatory point or question, whether it be based in reality? Yes, anyone could do that. Anyone could do that. Hey, this guy's really, really good. And there's an overwhelming amount of evidence to suggest he's really, really good. What do you think? I think he sucks. Okay, what do you got to back that up with? Well, it's how I feel. It doesn't matter how you feel. What matters is what did this guy do in the game? In the past two weeks against the Jaguars and Buccaneers, Purdy has gone 40 of 51 for an average of 315 yards with six touchdowns, no interceptions, and an average over 12 yards per attempt. 
His five interceptions are tied for the second fewest among starters. His 9.7 yards per attempt are the second most through 10 games in NFL history among players with a minimum of 250 attempts. He's keeping company with Boomer Esiason in 1988, Dan Marino in 1984, and Aaron Rodgers in 2011, and all of those names won MVPs in those same years that Brock Purdy is tracking in right now. Still not good enough for you? Okay, well then here we go. Brock Purdy has now registered four career games with three or more touchdown passes in a passer rating of 140 or higher, which are the most such games by any player in the history of football over his first two seasons. So again, maybe Brock's start wasn't good enough for you. It's literally measurably one of the greatest starts that anyone has ever had in their career in the history of the sport of the NFL. So there's that. There's that. What's your opinion? What's your hot take? Oh, that's, it doesn't matter because there's that. I went ahead and I muted my microphone for those sneezes because when I sneeze, it's adorable. And I didn't want to expose how adorable a sneezing Damon was to that. It's like it's like the panda sneeze video where the baby panda on the mama panda's lap sneezes and you're like, oh, my sneezes are adorable. And sometimes they're rather violent. I just wanted to spare all of you. <laughs> Lore says, I'm tired of people saying that Brock Purdy is not a star quarterback. Look, maybe he is not a star. What he is is a starter. He's a starter that is putting up numbers that are kind of dwarfing all other starting quarterbacks. Again, star is subjective. It really is. How do you quantify star power? Commercials start in, product moved. If we're if we're basing it on average salary, the Brock Purdy is the least star power we've ever seen at the position, basically, as an entrenched starter. The guy's salary is so insignificant, it doesn't even count towards the NFL cap. <laughs> it's crazy. And look at what he's done. With a passer rating of 158.3, which is a perfect mark, Purdy, at 23 years old, joins Lamar Jackson and then L.A. Rams quarterback Jared Goff is the only quarterbacks under the age of 24 in NFL history to attain a perfect passer rating. Purdy became the youngest player in NFL history to post a passer rating of 145 or higher in consecutive games and the first quarterback to do that in back-to-back -back games since Drew Brees in 2018. And look, Drew Brees is going to go to the Hall of Fame on his first ballot when he becomes eligible in 2026. Purdy's now got 18 touchdown passes on the season. His 76-yard touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk on Sunday was the longest touchdown pass of his career, and it's the longest touchdown pass by an NFL quarterback this season. So again, the guy who has been called Dink and Dunk has thrown the longest touchdown pass this season, 
Also, he is averaging more yards per attempt than anybody, which is pretty good for someone who only throws underneath the sticks, don't you think? And if you've been watching, you now know that as important as yak yards are, there's a lot more going on than yards after the catch. There are phenomenal reads. There are tight windows being thrown to. Brock Purdy, whatever it is, folks, he's got it. He's absolutely got it. So is that a star? Is that starry enough for some of you? Again, hot take artists, they've already parked their car in the I doubt this guy parking spot, and they refuse to back out of it. And if you can't admit that you're wrong about someone, what you are is Skip Bayless, who still wants to tell you that LeBron might not be good at this. To me, I instantly take that person who does a show like that and remove them eternally from voices I listen to, topics I'm interested in, or shows that I watch. And I suggest you kind of do the same because there is a dedicated business of misinformation out there that for some reason does robust business. I, I, I don't understand why. I guess we love the things that we hate. This guy can play football. What does it mean? What Are the 49ers now going to automatically win the Super No, no, that's not how football works. No, there is no X plus Y equals Z every single time. The league is too random. The league is too demanding. The league is too, the league is unforgiving. The entire structure of the league is built to take successful teams and strip their success from them with cap casualties and injuries. It happens all the time. So I don't know where this goes, but I do know where it is. And through this sentence, from the beginning of football season, through this sentence, Brock Purdy is measurably, statistically, and in the win-loss column, among the best at his position in sports. Brock Purdy, if his name, how about this, if Aaron Rodgers were putting up these numbers with the New York Jets, the Aaron Rodgers is totally awesome, should win the MVP, would be screamed from the mountaintops. I think it's time that Brock Purdy finds himself reinserted into that conversation. And what I love is that Brock couldn't give a rip about that. He couldn't care. This guy is just wired to tune out all the nonsense and is wired to concentrate on what matters most. And look, in a short week ahead of a Thursday nighter against Seattle, that's also going to work in the 49ers' favor. So a quick turnaround, a quick turnaround, and Brock Purdy will roll up to Seattle a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, that's, that's the Vegas starting to catch on to the Brock. That means 
Brock 2.0 is officially underway. Brock with expectations. Expectations coming out of a bye week to say that Brock has met those would be a wild understatement again in his last two games. Brock Purdy is 40 of 51, averaging 315 passing yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions, and a yards per attempt that is over a dozen. So what more do you want? What more would you like? Brock Purdy, destroyer of hot takes, causing doom to you hot take artists. San Bruno Mike first in today with a super chat. Yesterday's game told me Ayuk is next level. He breaks and the separation was sick. That 76-yard catch was beautiful. Look, the pass was beautiful. It was right on the money. And Brandon Ayuk is having himself a hell of a year. Um, Brandon Ayuk is 10th in the NFL in receiving yards right now with only being 43rd in targets. That means he is catching and going just about everything to the point that he's second in the NFL, averaging nearly 20 yards a catch. He's at 19.3, 19.3 yards per catch. That's nearly two first downs every single time he touches it. And it's nearly a first down every single time he touches it for real. 38 of his 43 receptions have gone for first downs. It's remarkable. It's remarkable production. So, you know, I, everyone wants to jump right to the next conversation. Like, can they spend the money to keep Brandon Ayuk around this offseason? Yeah, they better damn well do that. You know, I, I don't think that there will be a moment where Debo isn't overpaid in some way here. You know, that's not a $20 million a year wide receiver, but that's what he's making. And he's got to be more of a gimmick gadget guy to do that. There is a world where you can't be paying Debo more than you're paying Brandon Ayuk. And the 49ers are about to enter that world. And I think that they have to live in that world because if you walked up to Brock Purdy and said, hey, we're getting rid of Brandon Ayuk, Brock would probably say, uh, please don't. You know, those two guys got something. Purdy and Kittle got something. And hopefully Purdy and Debo continue to find more of that something. Larry had a little bit of a, a theory that they sort of laid Debo back in this game a tiny bit because he is about to be almost overused on a short week up in Seattle. And maybe there's some truth to that. It'll be revealed, right? But Ayu can play, dude. He is a stud and he's having a really good year. And I wouldn't, I don't even want to think about what the 49ers would look like without him. San Bruno, Mike, thanks for that super chat. That $5 is going right in that ganja jar right there. My man. Thank you very much. Haven't seen this name in here before. Doras. <laughs> Hello, Doras. All I hear is good stuff about Brock, and you act like there's nothing but bad stuff said about him. It's your entire show. No, it is not the entire show. But there are people doing YouTube shows. There are people doing national shows that just don't want to admit that they were wrong about this guy. 
and 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 uh, have you looked at the national media? All they're trying to do is tell you that this is unsustainable. It can't fire up. He doesn't meet all the measurables. There is a huge, huge, I didn't bet on Brock Purdy, so I'm not going to pretend that I like what I'm seeing crowd out there. I'm glad you're avoiding it. Congratulations. That means you are choosing where you get your information from wisely. Keep it up. Keep it up. So, you know what we're going to do? We are going to absolutely get into a little uh, Club Plus a little bit later on. We will return to all these uh, chats. But let me, oh, our second super chat of the day. Adala Nananan. Thank you very much. Two bones from whatever dude. Appreciate it, whatever dude. Thank you. It is unfortunate that Talanoa Hufanga has been confirmed, torn ACL, and that totally sucks. I like Hufanga. He wasn't having a great year, but I'll tell you, Jair Brown gives everyone a little something to think about, right? Jair Brown, who was the 49ers' first draft choice, happened in the third round last year, safety out of Penn State. We've hardly seen him. Chase Young had more snaps defensively and he'd only been with the team for about a game and a half than Jair Brown did when he took over for Talanoa Hufanga, who left the game with a knee injury. He got burned because he was flat-footed, as Daryl Johnston pointed out. He got burned because he was flat-footed on his very first play defended, and then after that, he played very well. He guarded Mike Evans in the end zone and defended him without a flag on fourth down, and then he ends the game and sends everybody out to the parking lot happy as clams because he has that huge interception in the end zone to wrap it up right there. So I liked what I saw out of Jair Brown. As someone who was one of the first members of the Talanoa Hufanga bandwagon, it stinks that he's out, but I don't think it changes the overall arc of where this season could go for the 49ers. I don't. And that's not to disrespect Hufanga. It's to tell you that Jair Brown is maybe, well, here's the thing. He's not maybe bigger. He's definitely bigger and he's faster and he's got better hands. I'm not saying that he's an upgrade over Hufanga. Hufanga's off to a great start at the position. There's nothing about Talano Hufanga I don't like. I don't think there's going to be much about Jair Brown that we don't like either. So it's, I think it's going to be okay. I think the 49ers are going to be okay there. We'll get back into the chat in just a little bit. Want to thank the show's sponsors, starting with my friend Ike, who has a collection of sandwiches that are among the most delicious sandwiches you're ever going to eat in your entire life. Pick up a Damon Bruce and have me for lunch today. What I am is thinly sliced ribeye. I am also onion rings, provolone, and a little steak sauce. It's like a steakhouse crunch experience. And if you can, I would say you order it and eat it right there. Because if you get it delivered, those onion rings might get just a little soggy because that's what happens when you deliver something that's fried. If you can eat your Damon Bruce right at an Ike's, it'll be even better than when you get it delivered. But when you get it delivered, you're still going to have a beautiful delivered sandwich to you. Use the Ike's Reward app. You will be happy that you did. You start earning your way towards free sandwiches. I'm in a a good mood today. 
Every 49er fan should be in a good mood today. People who talk about sports for a living should be in a good mood today. It's going to be a great sports week. Warriors play tonight, Thursday night game, then the Eagles game, the biggest game of the year. You can start seeing that when you look out over the horizon. So we got some big, 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 big games coming up. I love it. This is certainly going to be the week that Shohei Otani signs with the Giant. No, I'm not even going to do it. But I'm in a good mood, and I want to thank our newest sponsor to Post Game and Damon Hughes Orthopedics. I told you I went and got the Kobe knees. It was Dr. Paul Hughes who gave me the Kobe knees. And if you're looking to avoid knee replacement surgery, he's got cellular regenerative therapy that orthopedics don't want you to know much about. Again, there's a lot more money to be made in a knee replacement surgery than there is in cellular regeneration. And big knee replacement tries to quiet forward-thinking doctors like Dr. Paul Hughes. Check out HughesOrthopedics.com. Don't fall for the old shoulder replacement, knee replacement surgery until you talk to Dr. Paul Hughes. He is going to be sponsoring Post Game and Damon for the rest of the season, and we're thrilled to have him aboard. As always, we love Uncle Boys. Go ahead and get yourself a little inner Richmond delicacy. One of the best cheeseburgers you're going to find in San Francisco. Try the lumpia, get the onion rings. You're going to be awfully happy at Uncle Boy's. And we want to remind you that you can also get some of the coolest t-shirts you've ever seen. I'm not wearing a Jack's t-shirt today. This is one of my old, uh, uh, ain't I cool? Look at my kind of Japanese stereo. This isn't a Jack's t-shirt. You won't believe how cool vintage stuff you got. And with all the holiday shopping that's about to start, you can go to jacksf.com and use promo code Damon Bruce 10. And you can also use promo code Damon if you sign up for a little mybookie.ag to get a deposit match up to $1,000. There's certainly a little bit to bet on tonight. What a Monday night football game to wrap up week 11. Eagles at the Chiefs. Ooh, it's going to be a fun one tonight. So a uh, little something to be flipping back to while Warriors are trying to snap now what is what do they got a six game losing streak? What are they one and six at home? What are they all a five game losing streak? It's not good. It's not good. Baker Mayfield's a little tougher than you thought, right? Baker Mayfield's a little tougher than you thought. Admit it. That guy's got some squabble in him. He had a very Jimmy G typish game yesterday where he would do things that make you realize why the team believes in him, why they regard him as a leader. He plays hard. He plays tough. He's trying his best and he's making some passes that make you go, hey, there's a reason why this guy's a starting NFL quarterback. And then he uncorks like four or five passes in a game where you're like, oh my God, how is this guy starting quarterback? I mean, that should have been an interception. The 49ers could have had four interceptions yesterday. Got to work on those hands, boys. Got to work on those hands. But um, it was uh, it was a day where a little bend-don't-break defense didn't undo a game where the 49ers pretty much controlled it the entire way through. Pretty much controlled that one the entire way through. There's so much to like in that game. What I didn't like in that game... I got one real point of contention. I didn't like that Brandon Ayuk didn't take the ball out of bounds at the end of the first half. It it cost the Niners another shot towards the end zone. 
And you don't want to cost your team red zone opportunities going into halftime. That's it. That's my list of complaints. Not bad. Pretty good list. I thought it was a well-officiated game. Certainly no officiating moment really stood out as that was fair or foul or worked in the favor of one team or the other. I thought it was pretty much a down-the-middle game for the officials, and those are rare these days, so I guess we should we should celebrate them when we see them. Um, and again, my, my hot take, not that I'm a hot take artist, uh, but my hot take was simply that the loser of the 49er Buccaneers games would, would not go on to win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying the winner of that game is guaranteed to win anything, but the loser, we can eliminate them. Buccaneers aren't going to the Super Bowl. And I just thought that it was a, if you want to be taken seriously, 49ers, this isn't one that you let off your line. You land this fish. You boat this bad boy. It's a beatable team. You're at home. You're playing good. Win the game. They did. Nothing to complain about. Fred Warner was fantastic in that game. Saw Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, and Chase Young have good games defensively. Drake Greenlaw's out there just chopping dudes in half. Was a good day. Was a good day. Mooney Ward is out there with late in the route pass breakups. He's fallen to the ground with guys breaking up passes without drawing flags. It was a good day for Mooney Ward. Good day for Amador Lenore. It's a good day for the 49ers. They handled their business. Again, Baker Mayfield, he's tougher than he is accurate. They did a good day. They did a good job, even though I think they finished combining for 11 catches when it was said and done. They took Chris Godwin and Mike Evans about as far out of that game and making an impact on that game as both those players can be pulled out of a game. So Steve Wilkes, who was everybody's whipping post a couple of weeks ago, Steve Wilkes has come down from the heavens that were the press box. He has put his feet on the field and my goodness, all of a sudden, the Niners are playing better. Now, is that Steve Wilkes' location involved in that? I don't think so at all. <laughs> but I, there, there is no doubt that this is a better defensive team with Chase Young right now than we saw without Chase Young. Look good, feel good, play good. There's an awful lot of going on with that. And by the way, speaking of Thursday night and the 49ers up in Seattle, the Niners are going to be wearing the all-white throwbacks, baby. Look good, feel good, play good. That's one of the cleanest uniforms in football. I love that look for the Niners. So I like it. I like it a lot. Otis Bird III is all over it, man. Jair Brown made some big plays yesterday. That interception in the end zone was huge when the Buccaneers were driving. <laughs> you know, look, the Buccaneers could have probably scored there. They would have still needed an onside kick to get the ball back and then another touchdown. But yeah, he he just, in a game that could have been shut down with McCaffrey picking up that fourth and one late in the game, and he didn't, it was the Buccaneers still figuring out a way to stick around in that game a little bit longer than they deserve to. Give him full credit, you know, give him full credit for doing it. But yeah, Jair Brown turned off the hope spigot with that game-ending interception. And he really turned off the Buccaneers could come back and stun the Niners spigot when he made that play on fourth down in the end zone, 
when he was guarding Mike Evans. I mean, a rookie safety playing his first significant NFL snaps against Mike Evans in the end zone played really well. Can't ask for much more than that. Otis, as always, it's great to see you, brother. Hopefully you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And I want to invite everyone. Again, we need to start working like this is a short week. I want to invite everyone Thursday night right back here to the Plus because postgame and Damon will be starting at the two-minute warning as we have all year long, and we'll hopefully see you here. You know, there are a lot of people who... You know, come around the holidays, they don't they don't have a, a table to gather around. They don't have friends or family where they are or they're on the road, which takes them away from friends and family. So come and be in part of this. The Plus has a seat for you at its table Thanksgiving night, and I hope to see you here. I really do. We had a huge audience for uh, uh, post-game yesterday, and hopefully... With everybody being at home on Thursday night, primetime game, only game in its time slot, uh, it'll be an even bigger crowd on Thursday night, and we'll all have a piece of pumpkin pie together. A little coffee right there. By the way, you all know how it works on a Monday when we do 49ers wake up. Sip of the day happened about three hours ago. That was not sip of the day. That is cold, bottom of the cup Little grainy because I'm a French press guy. Coffee, now, that 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 was a little bitter. Going to be honest with you. It's good to have you here. Thanks so much for helping this grow. By the way, if you new subscribers are already in the room, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Mean an awful lot to the algorithm and all the good things that uh, YouTube is providing these days. So, do we talk a little bit about the Golden State Warriors? Golden State Warriors are not representing themselves very well right now. They are 1-6 at home. Houston Rockets come to town. They are 0-4 on the road, so something has got to give. The Warriors basically cannot be Steph Curry and good luck with that. And that's what they remain. Clay Thompson is just struggling. Andrew Wiggins had a decent game the other night, hit what looked like could be the game-winning three in the redo game with Oklahoma City, and then he gives up the Chet Holmgren three that sends the game to overtime, didn't foul. I, I, I'm surprised that the code red wasn't called there. I thought that there was an opportunity to foul before the catch, Again, Holmgren caught the ball with his back to the basket, down, ball down by his hip. So there's an awful lot of motion that goes into what I think would be determined a shooting motion. Wiggins was guarding, didn't foul. Holmgren hits the three. He had a great game. And the Warriors lose in overtime in a game that they should have won. I mean, what is wrong with this team? What is wrong with some of these Steve Kerr lineups? Dude, more Kaminga, more Moody, less Clay Thompson. Sorry, Clay is killing this team. He's killing them. One more Gary Payton, one more Chris Paul. I don't want Trace Jackson Davis tweaking his knee down in any G League games and you can't play him. 
God damn it. Come on. Come on, Steve. Did any of you watch Formula One in the middle of the night from Las Vegas? I didn't. I'm not getting out of bed for auto racing. Forget it. But I saw some of the highlights. I'll say this. It looked like a video game. I mean, it looked great. I don't know what kind of a weekend it really was in Vegas. Again, I wasn't there. It was great if you had deep pockets or were a celebrity. I don't know if the hoi polloi got treated well at all. If you bought your tickets early, you got gouged based on day of market value when prices for everything in Las Vegas, seats in the grandstand, hotel rooms, restaurant bookings, everything crashed. I know that the I maybe some people went to the race and they really liked it. Other people went to the race and they didn't like it. Everyone in Las Vegas hated it. If you lived in Las Vegas, that race was not a friend to you. If you were a bartender, a server, a casino dealer, um, you, you didn't have nearly the crowd in the business that this race promised. Was it a success? Was it a failure? I, I don't even know. And I don't know if anyone can really determine, yeah, for sure, that was a success or a failure. They certainly put enough infrastructure to where, well, they'll do it again. And maybe the second time around, people will understand its value and what they're walking into a little bit better. So there'll be a better level of expectation. Uh, I know some people that were there had a great time. I know other people that were there that said never again. So it's really an individual case-by-case basis. I saw some pretty, they're like, yeah, my stand in the grandstand, you you hear the cars, you don't even see them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you go to an Indianapolis 500, unless you have a, 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 a seat that is at the top or the bottom of a straightaway, and you can really see the cars coming at you or going away from you, you don't have much to look at but blurs. Like you hear the cars, but you don't really see them. It's just a blur. It's boom, boom, boom. And that's all you really get. You know, maybe if you're at a turn, a corkscrew or something like that, the cars slow down, you get to appreciate it a little bit more, but otherwise it's boom, 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 boom. You ready to get into Club Plus? You ready to knock it out in Club Plus? I hope you are. If you're listening on the podcast today, that continues to grow in an outstanding fashion. Thank you so much for supporting us over there. It's a week where we're going to be thankful for things. Boy, am I thankful of this audience. Early adapters, late adapters, new subscribers, new followers. Thank you all so very, very, very much. And I'm going to tell you, as we move along in what is going to be a week that goes by in a blink, that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.